Hello and welcome to the very first edition of De Stefano Talks Talking Scottish Football. Most of my audience will be aware that De Stefano Talks isn't new. We have been here since December 2019 and officially started just before the UK went into national lockdown in March. I've interviewed some fantastic guests, including Rory Hamilton and Old Firm Facts, just to name two. During that time, though, I felt that it was maybe time to step up a little bit, step up the gear that we're on and take it right up a notch and build an experience for myself, but also for a load of other young, talented student journalists that maybe don't have the platform that I have. So I decided that I wanted to to give people the opportunity to come on and build their own experience. I was told when I was at a course at a certain media training academy that in this industry, you know, people aren't going to give you an experience. You essentially have to make your own experience. And that stuck with me. And it was the reason why I created De Stefano Talks. And then once I, I got through interviewing a, a whole load of people, um, a whole load of great guests that yeah, I enjoyed having on the podcast, I decided that I wanted to, you know, up how we do things from now on, um, which was explained in the podcast in September called Changes Coming. So between September and January, which is just now we're on the 4th of January as of recording this, I decided that I wanted to speak to uh, a load of people to see who wanted to come on and, and build their own experience. And I now have a, a great young, talented team um, of over 10 people, uh, 10 talented student journalists that, that want to build their own experience. And I, I'm so happy that they've decided to join us for the journey of De Stefano Talks. So without sort of dragging this on too much and having a whole load of spiel, Let's just get right into discussing last Saturday's action on the 2nd of January. This is De Stefano Talks, Talking Scottish Football, episode number one. Hello and welcome to De Stefano Talks, Talking Scottish Football, episode one. Uh, I am here, joined alongside uh, Lewis Laird, uh, Declan McConville and Callum McCauley. Um, guys, how you doing? Aye, good mate. Good mate. Who doing, Stefan? I don't know my name there. I, I, do you know what? I, I was like, I, I've, I've, the other day I went to message you on Twitter uh, for the De Stefano Talks account and I was like, what's his name? Is it Declan? And I was trying to search. And then when you came into the chat today, where I think it's your sister's name popping pop up, I'm like, what's his name? <laughs> but I got, got it out in the end. Um, how are we all doing? We all doing good? Yep. Yeah, good, good, good. Aye, good mate. Cheers. Good stuff. Um, as you know, we're, we're on here to talk all things Scottish football and in particular the, the SPFL Scottish Premiership. We had a full round of fixtures uh, on the 2nd of January, just after New Year. Um, so the best place to start is probably the, the biggest game of the weekend, depending on who you talk to. There were two derbies, um, but we're going to start with what most would assume uh, or many would say is the biggest derby, which was the the old forum Rangers versus Celtic. Let's start off by how how did we think that went? You know, um, in terms for for both teams, how, how do we think that, that that game panned out? If we start with you, Declan. Well, I thought um, Celtic really took the game to Rangers in the, the first half. They were in control of the game. They looked at the only team that were going to score. Good chances for Griffiths. Edward only to be denied by really, really good saves by Alan McGregor, who was the difference, I thought, in the first half. And then going to the second half, Celtic once again kept the intensity up. Um, Rangers looked a wee bit more interested. 
And then a really stupid daft decision from near Beaton just completely turns the game in its head. Two subs came on. Um, the river of Celtic was just completely broke. Rangers get a really lucky deflected goal and Celtic just seem to crumble again. Just don't look like scoring and effectively lose the game and then go 19 points behind with three games in hand. It was a game I think Celtic needed to win and they failed at that. And now it looks a long, long way back if there's any way back for them to to get their hands in 10 in a row. Lewis, your thoughts? Yeah, I think Declan's sort of hit the nail on the head there. It was a game... Like up to the hour, I thought Celtic was superb and probably actually one of their better performances of the season until the the red card and the game just completely changed. So I thought the game plan was spot on for Neil and they got it tactically spot on. I mean, the change at halftime, Rangers probably did switch a bit because obviously, like Hadji had an effort just after halftime, which they sort of started slowly starting to get back into the game, but just a moment of stupidity's absolutely changed it. Uh, and uh, Cal. I mean, uh, it was Rangers' turn to get a result like that against us after we get the Hampton one, uh, when they absolutely dominated us there. Um, but I was actually surprised how well the diamond worked. Uh, it was, I think it was a diamond we played in midfield um, because how sort of focused their play can be most of the time down the wings. But I thought, what greater McGregor and stuff like that, that really made us play so well in the first half. But I mean... You can't dominate a full half and then just not get anything away. So I think it's all down to Celtic, uh, not putting anything away there. Um, after beating the red card changes everything, obviously. Um, but I think the substitution was Lenny made. I think we we're chasing the game. I don't know if we we're one 0 down at this point, but I put on El Hamid and Brown. Yeah. Like yeah, one 0 down. Aye, uh, they're hardly the going to give us a bit of a spark to go in and get an equaliser and then maybe a winner that we that Celtic desperately need right now so I mean I wasn't I'm not surprised at how the game panned out um, it's been a long time since Celtic beat Rangers now three games uh, the last time was the the League Cup final um, at Hamden as you said uh, it, it was Rangers turn to, to get to get a game like that you know you don't perform well in it but you, but you steal it you know, for me, going into, going into the game, I'm, I'm never confident about these games. I never offer my opinion. I always say how big a game it is, uh, depending on, you know, how, how the teams are going at the time. Celtic were 16 points behind. Massive game for them. Massive game for their season. They win it. It's kind of, you know, going back on, on track a little bit, but you lose it. it it's all gone awry. Um, you know, everything's, you know, the wheels have essentially came off. For me... Celtic surprisingly started really well. Um, I thought they dominated the, the Rangers midfield, um, which is something that we haven't seen um, in a Celtic midfield for a while, is them dominating uh, the mid- midfield area. I think that's down to the fact that Rangers didn't have Ryan Jack and, and Scott Arfield in there because normally they, they would patrol that area. So they weren't there to do that. Celtic got a lot of freedom. They just couldn't convert their chances. And, you know, the you don't win games um, on how much possession you have. You win it on how many goals you score. And sadly for Celtic, with the opportunities that they did have, they, they didn't take them. Um, you you've all touched on near beat on there. Um, Neil Lennon said in his press conference, um, or his post-match thoughts, that it, it changed the game. Was it a red card? I've seen many people say it was never a red card. It wasn't a goal-scoring opportunity. Ayer was coming across to, to get it, to close the gap, to cover. 
what are we saying to that? Was it a red card? Let, let's start with you, uh, Callum. Well, uh, the way Morelos is running, he's like going directly, right, like diagonally into the box. I think, personally, I think he's beating Ayer there. Um, whether, I personally, not sure if it, it would have converted it, but that's irrelevant. That's not what you don't bring in how good a player is when you're talking about a goal-scoring opportunity. Um, but I, I can I can see why he's given it. Um, I'm not I don't have anything against the red card being given. I think maybe another referee may have not given it, but Neil Beaton's given the ref a decision to make, and I've got no I've got no no many complaints about that decision. Uh, he shouldn't have let himself. He shouldn't have let Morelos get in that position, uh, and he's just paid the price for that. Uh, Declan. No, I completely agree there. He gives uh, Bobby Madden a decision and whether it's Christopher Iyer in the middle or Julian or Duffy, I don't think whatever defender's getting there, whether or not Morelos is pacey or not pacey, I think Beaton holds him to the ground. If it was in the opposition corner, I think Neil Lennon would have been looking for the Rangers player to be sent off. So I've got no no problem in saying I think it was a red card and I've looked at two angles of it. I don't think Ayers getting across. Whether Morelos is going to score or not, is it part of the argument? Beaton gives Madden a decision, and it's just total stupidity. Can't disagree with that, Lewis. Yeah, no, I thought it was a red card all day long. You could see as soon as he pulled him down, you could tell Madden was going to send them off. I think what Beaton was—I thought he was superb up until that, like the hour, and then he was intercepting. I think that's why he's went to get that because. In the first half, he was first ever and ahead of Morelos, so he's maybe got a wee bit overconfident trying to go for that one. He's just spinning behind him, and I just think it's totally stupid. Why let him go through and goal? And if he scores, he scores, you're still 11 v 11, but to pull him down, it's just I couldn't believe he'd actually done it because it's just totally stupidity, as I said. You know, I seen um, after I didn't see after the game because I can write off of social media just because I, I can't be bothered with everything that comes after these kind of games, but I, I did see comments. Um, yesterday that people were saying Beaton has a mistake in him yeah. I can't disagree with that um, when Neil Lennon announced the, the starting 11 you know, um, with Julian now being out for three to four months near Beaton was, was in the team, you, you couldn't argue with it, but he always, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been in my, in my team if, I, if that makes sense um, Was it a red card? I've seen people saying no it wasn't because it wasn't a goal scoring opportunity Um I think someone said the laws of the game is the very next step they have to take their shot. Otherwise, it's it's not a goal scoring opportunity. I I think personally it was. I think it it was definitely a red card. Um, and as uh, Declan, as you said, uh, if that had happened in the opposition's area, Neil Lennon would have been screaming for a red card. Um, so I, again, I, I think we're all we're all in agreement there that um, it was definitely a red card. Bobby Madden was criticised um, for an incident uh, after I think Shane Duffy brought down Ryan Kent um, for I think he was in the midst of you know that all kicking off with Scott Brown and Chris Iyer was there, but Bobby Madden was criticised for for pulling Morelos back. D- did we see that that has been the case? Was he pulling Morelos back to stop him getting red carded, or was he pulling him back simply just to defuse the situation? I was actually surprised that Duffy didn't get sent off. I thought that was a dreadful challenge. He's away, just he's, there's no intent for the ball, and he just pulls him down. But the thing with Morelos, 
Madden's holding him back and stuff, but I think, as, as you said, just tried to defuse the situation. I didn't see much of it. I think there was a wee bit of handbags in there, but I thought he just tried to defuse the situation. Eh? Uh, Declan? I think when you look at a still image, Stefan, there's not really another Rangers player around him taking a camera down, and it could have just exploded. So I don't have any problem with a referee getting involved in that. Um, I know people were saying Morelos might get himself sent off, etc., but I think he's just trying to calm a situation. You know, as Louis says, it, it was handbags and it could have just turned into something that didn't need to, need to be. And I think Madden just kind of stepped in to calm it down a bit. In many ways, I think maybe his bosses would probably look at that as good refereeing in terms of just calming down a situation and a game of that magnitude where we know it can kick off. Yeah, it's very much a... Um... It's a firecracker of a game, very explosive. Um, and Callum, what's your thoughts? I, I mean, it's like it could just be like instinct and in that. I've not really got a, I've not got much to say on it to be honest. Um, not got much of a problem with it. It's like I feel like he's probably just tried to fuse the situation. Like it could honestly just be his instincts. Yeah, but I, do, I think it's a bit of a. It's not really relevant compared to like the rest of the game. It doesn't really affect the game too much. Yeah, um, I, I, I think for me, you know, Bobby Madden, he is the kind of official that will, will try and get in and around. And I think he, he did an interview on Open Goal with Cy Ferry, where he said that he does like to chat to the players to, to make sure everything's ticking over okay. Um, so he does, he, for me, it seems like he was just trying to defuse the situation. He then posted on Instagram that night um, a, a sort of collage of you know, instances where he's got in between players to, to stop, you know, similar situations from happening. So I, I think people that were maybe suggesting that he was in there to prevent Morelos from getting sent off, you know, essentially cheating. I, I think it's a narrative that maybe people are trying to write because they're upset that their team lost. I think that's my conclusion. Um, as you said, Lewis, uh, or I think it may have been Declan, um, his superiors at the SFA would say that that's good refereeing. I thought it was. Um, I, I did see a video though um, of Morelos, you know, appearing to strike Brown. Did, did any of you guys see that? There's a, there's a wee bit in there, and obviously there's a challenge before that. Um, I think he gets away with too much in these games, but you know, in that situation. I think Madden's just trying to say, listen, calm this down, get in there and stop it, because it could have turned into something a lot worse. I think the challenge Morelos does early in the first half in Frimpong is a lot worse than anything in that wee situation. Mm. Oh, that's that's fair enough. Um, should, obviously, Lewis, you said you, were, you said you were surprised Shane Duffy never got sent off for that challenge on um, Ryan Kent. Is that is that like a consensus that um, Declan and uh, Callum that you that you guys have should Duffy have been sent off? Uh, do you want to go first, Declan? Uh, I think for me, Stefan referee is all about consistency, and I think that if Madden doesn't send Morelos off for the the, the studs and the kind of stamp and frimpong, I don't think he sends Duffy off. I think that challenge is a lot worse than the Duffy challenge. So in terms of consistency. Um, I think in the game, it was a right decision not to send Duffy off because he let that go. If he'd have sent Morelos off though early in the game and Duffy does that, I wouldn't have any problem with Duffy going off. But in terms of the two have been let go and just been bookings, I think that's fine for me. I I was a bit surprised when I seen sort of the aftermath of that tackle. Obviously, players are sprinting 20 yards or something to just confront him. But I, I didn't really think it was 
that like I, I, it's obviously a yellow. Um, but I, I I was a bit surprised to see people calling for a red. Um, as a bad tackle, but I didn't know it. I didn't think it went to that extent of being a red card. Uh, I thought it was a good decision being a yellow for that one. No, that's that's fair enough. I think for me, I, I think it looked as if Duffy had maybe just. I think he just tried to make the challenge to sort of make an impact in the game. Um, was it reckless? Uh, it was a lunge, um, but I think a, a yellow card was was probably probably acceptable. Um, as you said, Declan, had he sent Morelos off earlier in the game, you, there's an argument there that Duffy then should have. Uh, been shown the reds, but um, I, I think a yellow w- was fair enough. Um, another key issue the, from this game was the goal. Obviously, the ball came in, Aribo knocked on, hit McGregor, went into the back of the net. Va- uh, Vasilas Barkas has been pulled up um, for his goalkeeping on that goal. What, what do you guys think about that? We'll talk about him in general um, in a moment, but what do you what do you make about his positioning for, for that goal and the, the attempted save that he tried to make? Um, if we start with you, Lewis. I think he's quite harsh to be blowing him because I think <laughs> there was some analysis in sports scene last night or Saturday night and Edward's on the post and he steps off, so it means it, it means that Barkas need to sort of go towards the front post with a rebound making that run in towards the front post. So I think if Edward stays where he is, I don't think that Barkas moves. I personally would rather have two people on the post. And then if, say, that header, I think somebody could stop that if somebody else is in that far post. So I think it's very harsh. People are, like, analysing the dive and all that, and but I just don't, I'm not sure that's fair to be blaming him. He seems to be getting the blame for every goal that Celtic concede to be honest. Uh, Declan? No, I totally agree with Lewis. I would have a guy in the post... Um... I thought he's attempted save, you know, when a ball comes in and it takes a wee touch like that, you know, it's going to kind of wrong foot any goalkeeper, no matter what. That so, range as well. I, of course, definitely. Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't blame the, the, the big keeper for that. I mean, he had nothing to do in the game, absolutely nothing. And I thought his distribution in the game was actually very good. Nobody wanted to see me comment on that, but I thought every time the ball went to his feet, he was picking a Celtic jersey out. Um, but... No, I don't blame the goalkeeper for the goal. I, I thought maybe organisationally why Celtic were quite poor at the goal in terms of in the box and not having a guy in the post, but I definitely would have been laying blame at Barkas's feet. Uh, I, I'd agree with that. Um, I think I was. I don't think that's getting much to do. I think that's a bit harsh. Um, try scapegoat Barkas for that. Uh, I think that is more just to do with how we've set up there. Uh, no one in the post and then Edward stepping away, which allows Aribo to sort of just get in front of McGregor there. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that's harsh in Barkas to put the blame on him for that one. I thought, he I, think, all right. I thought he played quite good that game. I think in terms of set-up, and Celtic have just been dreadful from that season. It's sort of been a story <laughs> of their season. And when you sign somebody like Shane Duffy, and you've, I, mean, I know they weren't playing at that time, but you think the organisation all season would be much better, but it's just yeah. been all over the place. I think in that, Lewis, you, you look at Celtic's goals conceded this season and they've conceded something like 12 to 14 goals for set-pieces, corners, whatever. Then penalty kicks have hardly conceded any goals from open play in the league. So if you're looking at Celtic as a defensive unit, any other team's going to look at set-pieces, corners and just trying to get balls into the box because they just can't defend them. I don't really understand that we've got like we've got six foot seven centre-backs uh, who when it comes to a corner in the opposition's box, they can go right in for it. 
and attack it were dangerous from that. But then, what ha- I don't know what happens when it's a ball in their own box. Like you get six foot six foot nothing guys just out jumping them at every opportunity. Uh, so I don't know if it's just not getting worked on at training or what. But it's a mental amount of corners to concede in such a short space of time. It's, it's really concerning um, when you look at it, the amount of goals that they, they have conceded. You know, uh, the Rangers game in October, um, you know, it was two set pieces um, that they ultimately conceded from. And it, it really is. It's just lack of concentration, I think, um, from, from a Celtic defensive point of view. Um, just in terms of speaking on uh, Barcast, just a little bit more generally, you mentioned the word scapegoat um, a moment ago, Callum. Is Barkas the new weapon boy for Celtic fans now? I think he can be at times. Uh, I think he's been unlucky with the whole team's form this season. Uh, he's hardly came in at the best time. Uh, so I think he is getting a lot of heat where it is kind of... Uh, he's, just, he's not settled in. Um, he has gone quite a few games under his belt here uh, where you think he'd maybe like, get a wee bit into form. But I think he's just got to make that like that one like top save have that top game and uh, I do think he would like kick on uh, I think it's been a bit unfair on him unfair on him uh, right now uh, and obviously he's not got the best defence backing him up so maybe he's just not feeling very he's not very confident in his defence I think possibly uh, because they can be a bit dreadful at times uh, so I, I think he has been a wee bit scapegoated this season definitely uh, no, I, I'd agree with Callum there. I think it's going to just take one big save and it'll, it'll kick on. You know, his record speaks for itself. Greek international, played at the top level for AEK Athens. I think coming into a foreign country during a pandemic, I know he was staying in a hotel in the town. don't know whether that's still a situation. You know, it's not a healthy situation for anybody to be going hotel training games. Um, there's been no consistency in his defence. Effectively, I don't think he's really been dropped by Neil Lennon. He took that bad injury against Milan when Duffy eh, got him. And then obviously Bain came into the team and then it was Hazard's turn to get a game and he just kind of kept with that. But I thought Neil Lennon's defence of him after the Dundee United game when he stuck him in was fair. You know, you need an experienced goalkeeper. Celtic have paid a lot of money for him. And, you know, I think it's just getting used to his surroundings. There's been probably a communication issue. In terms of his defenders, if you get a settled defence in front of him, I think Soro makes a big impact in his game because he just probably feels more comfortable because the wee man just tidies everything up. I think he'll kick on and he'll be a decent Celtic goalkeeper. Uh, Lewis? Yeah, I think Declan makes a very good point there. He's, he's joined the club during a sort of pandemic. Usually you would have that sort of, when a player signs, you get the support for the fans. There's excitement to see a new player. and Even, even like a personal... You can go out and socialise in Glasgow, but he's come during this pandemic and you can't do anything, you don't have any of that, you can't interact with your teammates. Uh, no, that shouldn't be massively, massively like the main thing that affects his performances, but I do think he needs that time to settle and that's probably now until the end of the season when I run the team. I mean, I also don't think he's been given the consistent run. Like We've had Bain, we've had Hazard, as Declan says as well. It's just, I don't think he's been handled well at all and... I'll, I'll admit he's not had like the greatest of starts, but I think he shows he has showed these attributes. He just needs that big save, as both of them said as well. Yeah, I can't disagree with with any of that. Um, I I don't like the narrative surrounding him that he's he's not great. I, I think people are would expecting him to be Fraser Forster, who didn't want to come back. Um, and 
you know, I, th- I think that that's it. Um, as you say, I think he just needs a run in the team. He needs to make a, a couple of great saves, and I think he just needs to boost his confidence. And and you know, he, he can kick on. Um, just quickly in in terms for Celtic, uh, ten in a row looks to have the the final nail in the coffin. Um, what's your thoughts in regards to that? And what's essentially next for them, Lewis? We'll start with you. I mean, I said it after the game, I think a total rebuild needed straight away. I, I don't know whether that's managing up, upstairs, but the rebuild is needed. It's going to come next season for sure, whether that starts now or in the summer. In terms of the league, they, I'd be reluctant to call it overover, but with it being like it's extremely, extremely unlikely. It's just, I think January is going to be a weird one as well. Are you going to, sort of stuck in a, the middle, are they going to build for next season now or are they going to just stick with this and build in the summer? It's just a very poor situation to be in after winning nine titles in a row. Uh, Callum? I, I mean, I think it's just down to the board. Uh, I think they gave Lennon far too much time. Uh, I don't know many managers that would have survived going in the run he did for that wee bit and now we're in a situation where we are. The league is done and January second, uh, so I I do think that a lot needs to change um, in the in the boardroom and with the players. I mean, half us a lot of our team is leaving in the summer or will be leaving. Um, I think so. I I mean, how long has it been said that Celtic will stop? It'll be Celtic that stops ten in a row. And <laughs> I mean, it's come through. Um, but I uh, I'm not really surprised that. Let's end up this way um, after September, but here we are. Um, Declan? No, I'm like Lewis. I don't want to call it just yet. I think it's very much so in Rangers' favour and it would take a complete monumental collapse for Celtic to have any chance of winning the league. But I think either way, whether Celtic won or lost the league in the summer, there had to be planning in January looking forward. I've saw Celtic's issues with not planning uh, and feel good to qualify for the Champions League, just not getting players in the door quick enough. So they need to look at that. As Callum's touched on there, I, I think it's eight to ten players are going to be away in the summer. Um, and again, no, where, what kind of position does that leave you in getting into Champions League qualifiers, which are so, so important early on in the season? Celtic, to me, need to change the structure completely. Um, I would have liked a director of football coming in, whether it was just now or whether it was the end of the season. The person I would have liked for that role was Dan Fletcher, who I've just read there's get a, a coaching role at Old Trafford. Um, so I think somebody of his calibre would have been good to come in at the very top. Um, but again, as Callum's already touched on, there was points in the season, I think a lot of the Celtic support would have thought there was a time up for Neil Lennon. Um, I didn't think that was the case, but I, I think now Celtic will probably uh, continue on with him and he'll get to the end of the season. But again, no, what does that mean for planning in terms of the summer? Because I don't think Neil will be there in the summer. And a new manager walking in is a complete and utter disaster and mess. I can't disagree with any of that. Um, I, I think my, my thoughts are, are aligned with all three of you. So no, no definitely. Um, and I suppose what now for Rangers? Uh, title 55, Lumen. How do they react from this result and what's their season now? Uh, Lewis, we'll start with you. I think they're taking it a, a lot better in a way than last year because I think obviously last year they gave Park again, seen the way they celebrated. I've heard from a few that 
they're literally just keeping the cam, not not over celebrating things. And I think they've probably went about it the right way this year, not putting too much pressure on themselves, not having stuff out in the press about it and stuff. So they've definitely handled it a lot better. 19 points now. Obviously, Celtic got three games in hand, but the pressure is sat off Rangers now in a way. Because Celtic are the ones that need to catch. So I think they'd rather keep it that way. And if they just keep doing what they're doing, winning games, then nobody's still on them. Cal? Uh, yeah, I think they will just finish the season comfortably uh, without much pressure. That was a problem in last season. As soon as there was like a real bit of pressure there, uh, it was the collapse. But I think by the time Celtic got off the holiday, it's like 22 points it'll probably be. And you can't really get, you can't really start misplacing passes and all that when you're 22 points up. So I, I think it'll go smoothly uh, for them for the rest of the season. Uh, Declan? Yeah, well, I think Rangers need to really, really focus because I, I fancy them to beat Royal Antwerp, meaning they could go a wee bit deeper into the Europa League group stages. We know their, their European form's been very good. That was an issue under Walter Smith the season where they went all the way to the final. Not saying Rangers could go to the Europa League final, but they're certainly a good enough side to go right into the realms of the competition. So it's going to be really up to, to Rangers to keep a good focus, maybe a bit of rotation in terms of playing Thursday, Sunday, which Celtic don't have to their, their advantage. Um, but if Rangers keep focused and they, they keep calm, and you know, I think at times there has been signs that the Rangers that we were maybe watching. It's kind of September into November time that we're blowing teams away is starting to, to drop off a bit. I don't know if that's just maybe fatigue. Um, if they can keep focus and keep grounded, there's no reason why they, they probably can't go on and, and win the title quite comfortably. But I think European football is going to maybe dictate the latter part of their season. Um, as I say, I fancy them to beat Antwerp and how far they go into the Europa League and the balance of they go Thursday, Sunday is going to dictate them. I think if you look at the next six fixtures, really, really key for Rangers, they go to Pataudry, Easter Road, Firth Park, and that run, they're away from home four times. Because Stephen Gerrard probably fancy Celtic's fixtures over that. If they get through that run unscathed, they will, there's a clear path there towards the title. Yeah, again, I, I can't disagree with any of that. You make a great point about European football. Uh, I think that could be a determining factor in how, how the league ends. Um, right, we've, we've spoken enough about um, the, the Rangers and Celtic game and you know the, the major talking points from that. Um, let's turn our attention from the old forum to the new forum, uh, Aberdeen versus Dundee United. Um, I, I saw the, the clips from that game. It seemed like a very dull affair, um, to say the least. I think Lawrence Shankland had had the you know best chances with it. Um, have what did you guys first of all? What did you think about the game um, from the from the clips that you've seen? If we start with you, Callum. I mean, I thought it was exactly how Aberdeen game uh, was going to pan out. How they've been playing this season are just boring, man. Um, they don't they don't score many. They don't look to score many. And I mean, it's I, don't, I think I'll probably touch on it later. But I think Derek McInnes, uh, I think they could really be going for Celtic right now if they had a more inspiring manager in charge. Banky is just happy to settle for third. Um, but aye, uh, it's not very good. Like, <laughs> no good watching, man. Uh, Declan? It wasn't a, a classic 80s uh, new firm derby, certainly. It wasn't a McLean and Ferguson clash. It was dull, boring, a lot of fouls in the game. Um, 
typical, typical kind of, what could you say about it? I just thought it was just one of those ones. I think Callum actually makes a really good point there. You know, I don't get Aberdeen's plan as a football club. They're a big, big team. It's year after year of the same thing, in and out, maybe try and get a cup final, finish third, and that's it. I know budget-wise they're not great, but, you know, they've got a really rich owner on Stuart Milne there and other guys involved at the football club. Ambition-wise, they just don't have it for me, but that's off to Dundee United. They came through a really bad patch, and I think going up to Pitotri and getting a point, uh, Mickey Mellon will be absolutely delighted with. Uh, Lewis? Yeah, both make a, a very good point there about Aberdeen. I think when you see that now, now Pataudry, Aberdeen, you're not that surprised because it's just a game that Aberdeen do play quite often. But just as McInnes, it's it's, quite, it's just a strange situation. You know, he's he's taken them very far since he's been there. But where where is it going right now? You don't see where it's going. Is it? It's not going like further than what he's taken them. Second, you could be challenging Celtic with the trouble they're in. I think we've seen that many times. They drop points when the pressure could be put on. United, they'll be happy with the, uh, the, the point on Pataudry also. But I think, as both have touched on, it's just usual Aberdeen in a way. Yep. No, again, I, I, I can't disagree with that. You, you all make very good points. Have United exceeded your expectations since returning to the top? They're now in sixth place. Um, I think they're on a solid 26 points. They're four points ahead of seventh place. Should Have they exceeded expectations and should top six now be a, a firm place for, for them to stay? Uh, if we start with you, uh, Lewis, we'll go with you again. <laughs> I'm quite surprised on the United and Six because they went on that bad spell and somehow they're still in there. I think I wouldn't say they've exceeded my expectations because I expected them to come up and be like a sort of decent side and sort of from now from now six or fifth downwards it's sort of a separate league in a way. It's split in two, but they've done they've done well to still be in that top six and Mickey Mellon has done a decent job. He started well and then we've had that first spell, but they're sort of coming back into it a wee bit more. They've got the players there. I mean, they've got three strikers and Lawrence Shanklin, Nicky Clark and Mark Minotti. That's quality, a quality front three that they could that they have at their disposal. And I think they have the potential to finish in that top six. Uh, Callum? Aye, I mean, it's a very uninteresting what, uh, answer for me, but aye, they've just met my expectations, really. I just did think they were going to come in and sit in that fifth and sixth spot, try to, get, try to make sure they're in the right half of the split, but I have uh, kind of met them. Uh, to be honest, they've done they've done good this season to keep them keep them in this wee spot, but I have just met them really. <laughs> uh, and Declan. I think you know when Robin Olsen left Tanadice, I was a wee bit kind of optimistic how that was gonna go for them because he did a really good job there. But Ricky Bell and Stevie Fields came in. I think they've done really well. Um even their performances against Celtic and Rangers, I think they've put up decent fights in the games. Really, really impressed with the goalkeeper, Segrist. I think he's a cracking, cracking goalie. And Lewis touched on it there, three quality strikers in uh, Shanklin, McNulty and Nicky Clark. Um, I think the SPFL is always stronger with a good Dundee United side on it. And yeah, yeah, no, they've met, met my expectations. You know, it was always going to be difficult for them coming up into the league. But, you know, I think their rightful place is in the SPFL and up in that top six and be one of the biggest clubs in the country. Yeah, again, I, I can't argue with that. Um, I think for, for me, um, for Dundee United, it was always about coming up and staying up. Um, if you if you did that, 
then you know that that's your that's your um that's your barrier for the season. You've met it. That's your achievement. Um, but to be in sixth place, and as Lewis mentioned, um, to have you know struggled a wee bit, um, and to still be in sixth place is is all good to them. So I think that's good to see. And as you say, Declan, it's great to have a good Dundee United uh, side in in the Premiership. Um, moving on from from Aberdeen and Dundee, we've moved to, to Easter Road and Hibernian versus Livingston. Um, I watched the clips from that game. Um, I w- actually, I really enjoyed, um, you know, the clips that I seen. I really enjoyed the goals um, that Livingston scored. Livingston, they always seem to be uh, an opposition that on their day that they'll be really tough for you, and you know they'll take you to the, you know, the very best of, of your game, and they they managed to knock Hibernian for for three. How good are Livingston, do, do you feel? You know, they came up into the league and people thought, oh, they'll just come up and go back down. But they've stayed in the league, they've claimed a few scalps. How good are they and how good were they um, on Saturday against Hibs, if we start with you, Declan? No, listen, really, really impressed with David Martindale. Um, Holt's time, I think, was probably up. And I think, you know, as a football club, they just seem to keep moving in the right direction. And they just keep doing it every single season. Um, it's kind of bizarre to think they came up with Kenny Miller in charge and then completely turned it around. They always give Celtic and Rangers hard games. And, you know, to go and get that type of uh, result at Easter Road is absolutely fantastic. And their, their form in the past six has been absolutely immense. So completely hats off to them. Um, Hibs, on the other hand, I think we'll touch on that, but I don't know what it is. Just recently, really, really poor. Um, but hats off to Ovingston and David Martindale. Uh, Lewis? Yeah, no. I think in terms of when Holt left, Martin Dales came in and he's made them back return to the, the side they were. I think they definitely look much better. And it's very impressive how quickly he's got that going in terms of winning every game he's actually been in charge. The three goals, I think they were Livingston goals. Like, you'd sort of, well, the, first, the last one especially, long ball. They've got the heart and desire to chase it down, not give up. It's poor defending from Hibs. They get that goal that they they thoroughly deserve. So yeah, I know I've been very impressed. I think they're returning to the Livingston of old. I think their first goal, I, I was really impressed with it. It, it was a well taken shot. Um, but the the third goal just epitomised their their desire to to win, their desire to score. Um, and I, you know, he turned. Um, I, I can't remember what what Hibs played it was. I'm sure it was number four. He got away from Portis and. I, I don't know who their number four is. Paul Hanlon. That's Paul Hanlon. Hi. Paul Hanlon. Yeah. He, you know, he turned him inside out and the keeper, it was just, it was a great finish. Um, you know, we've spoken about how good Livingston were. How poor were Hibs and how much of a surprise has, has that been? Um, if we start with you, Lewis. When a side goes to Easter Road, I think Easter Road's always a, a difficult place to go. So I was not I was not expecting as much to be a good form Livingston to come away with the thing I won. Obviously, that's three with, it, three with it a win now, and just the one win in five. They've not been in their best recently. I was expecting Hibs at the start of the season to be the team that finishes third, and they were pushing for that, but they've just dropped off a little now, and it's gone through a tough spell. I think I do like Jack Ross as a manager, and this will probably be a learning curve for him in terms of this spell, but no, they've not been great recently. Uh, Declan? No, I think, you know, as Lewis touched on there, they looked really good at the start of the season. Um, 
really good side at times. I'm a big Jack Ross fan myself. I think he's a really good manager, but don't know what's kind of kept in, whether it's just inconsistency, fatigue, whatever, at this point in the time of the season. Um, but I think they'll bounce back. Um, and again, they, they seem to really lift their game. I thought they were unlucky at Ibrox, not to escape by a point, and they're going to be playing Rangers again at Easter Road very soon. So that'll be a tasty fixture. Um, but Jack Ross, you know, I think whether or not that there has been links with the Celtic job, whether that's crept into some people's minds in that Hibs dressing room, who I'm sure a lot of folk are there because of Jack Ross, is maybe something to consider. But I think we'll maybe see a wee bit of a different Hibs. I hope not at Celtic Park in the Monday evening, however. <laughs> and uh, Callum? I mean, you don't, when you go to Easter Road, you're expecting sort of to get the game taken to you, almost like you expect to really have to struggle to get the three points, but it was that that's like two games two games on the bounce they've lost to Easter Road without uh, actually scoring any goals. Uh, they gave Ross County the only their second victory in ten. Um the other one actually coming against Celtic. Um so I, I don't know what's what's happening right now uh, over there. But uh, I think I think they will get it sorted out, uh, to be honest. Um because they are they are usually a strong side uh, going over there. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, Lewis, I think you touched on it. You said you thought they'd be the team that, that would come third. Um, I think many would have expected that. Personally, I didn't. I tweeted my predictions out at the start of the season. I had Motherwell to finish third. Um, clearly jinxed them. <laughs> come to that later on. Um, with Hibs dipping form, it, it really, it seems like it has come at the wrong time. You know, Celtic are... I wouldn't say struggling, you know, they've got results back on track, but they are only, I think they're only seven and eight points behind. Um, oh, let me just double check. I have the table right in front of me. Um, yeah, uh, seven points behind. That You know, this dip in form, they could have been challenging um, Celtic um, along with Aberdeen, as previously mentioned. So, so has this dip in form for you guys come at the wrong time? It certainly has for me. I I mean it is good to sort of maybe they can go out and see from these from these games what they do need in the January window. Um, but I they really if they were in a good bit of form now they really could be pushing Celtic right now. Um, so I it's just a bit unfortunate for them. Uh, but I they could I think they will go out and maybe make a new a new signings based off these games if they are identifying some weaknesses uh, right now. Declan, what's your um, I think Cubs. I think it's Callum's touched on there. You know, if there was a wee bit more consistency there, they could be, you know, pushing Celtic a wee bit further. But again, they're a side like Aberdeen, who just seem to sometimes either start the season well and drop off, or, or vice versa. Um, there's a good enough core of a team there that can go and finish high in the table, but it's dropping form. You know, sometimes you're just kind of waiting on it with teams like this because. They can't always keep the consistency up for, for what they've got as a, a squad and the quality they've got. Lewis, what, what's your thoughts on that before we move on? Well, I was just saying, you mentioned the signing. Obviously, Dylan Barnes, he's been recalled this morning, so they're going to be in need of a, a goalkeeper going forward because I think Marciano pulled up in the warm-up. No, but it's definitely, I think this run of form definitely has come at the wrong time. And it's the same with Aberdeen. They seem to put the pressure on and then sort of drop the points at the worst time. You know, this is the time they could be pushing and pushing forward, but... No, I think you're right in saying it's coming at the wrong time. Especially when you see what's in store for second place at the end of the season. You know, second place mm. get into the qualifying rounds of the Champions League. Um, you know, something we've not seen in a very long time in Scottish football. Um, 
so you know you would think that there's that incentive there but um you know form comes bad for for all teams um so you know i i, I do expect them them to kick on um moving on to the Kilmarnock and St Mirren game um personally you know when you you look at that fixture i think and there's not going to be a lot a lot in that i think um St Mirren haven't you know, done done well against Kilmarnock since since they came back up. So you were thinking it would just be a routine kind of game. Um, you know, Kilmarnock would dominate, and and essentially it, it was that kind of game. Um, you know, uh, Kilmarnock score, and you're thinking, well, there you go, you've got all three points. Um, Alex Dyer's men looking to to, to take that, but then a sort of moment of sheer madness in football happens, and St. Mirren uh, equalise and. Yeah, so I think Jim Goodwin said that is it, it what was it he said he went, it's a time for festive you know festive luck and St Mirren got a big slice of that with uh, Danny Rogers and uh, his handling of the of St Mirren's uh, goal um, was that essentially three points thrown away for Kilmarnock Lewis? Oh yeah, I think definitely, especially when you they'll be so frustrated when they look at the goal they've conceded. You know, it's. Uh, I've not seen enough angles to say it was him, but by the looks of it, it, it's just a silly, silly mistake to sort of drop back in your goal in terms of dropping that. But <clears throat> both sides have had spells I seen as well. I think I've been impressed with St. Mary, and I think they're they're a good team. They've got a good squad. I'm particularly impressed with the midfield in there, and it's probably a good point for them going away from home because sometimes going to Rugby Park can be a tough place to go. So. I think they'll certainly be happy, especially scoring the goal late on. Uh, Declan? I thought Kelly absolutely battered St Mern. Um, mm. Kelly had a few good chances. Uh, there was problems getting caused up there. I thought it was a really good header from Danny Whitehall, but effectively, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. They threw away the three points, really bad goalkeeping. Um, but, you know, it's one of those games. I think they were quite tight to each other on the table. I know uh, St Mern, I think, have got a couple of games at hand over Kelly. But it was a game I think Kilmarnock will have been uh, disappointed not to take all three points in. Uh, Callum? Aye, I mean, losing a goal like that that early on is brutal. Um, But it was weird. Alex Dyer, um, he seemed like all right with the goal goal being given, almost like he seemed quite content that it was actually a goal. But there isn't, I couldn't see any angles that sort of proved it. Yeah, the camera was terrible. Aye. I don't know if the goalie's just admitted to him at that point. Um, but it was weird seeing him just sort of content by losing a... Well, not content with losing the goal, but content with the decision, almost. Um, and either see just in the league table right now, the sort of the games in hand are all about all over the place right now with postponements and that. But like it's just another point given to how badly we need goal line technology. Um, either of these teams going up or on a form and they could easily be fighting relegation. Mm-hmm. Um so every goal matters uh, right now. So, I, I mean, it might not happen for a couple of years with the financial state, but I think it is just another knock how badly we need uh, goal line technology when we don't actually have any angles after the game to mm. show us whether it was a goal or not. I, th- I think that kind of goes to show you how kind of poor the, the cut. I don't want to get into this. I'm sure we'll get into this in a future podcast. But the the coverage of Scottish football, you know, when you, you're not getting the, the correct angles to tell you if the ball's over the line, um, it doesn't even you know give you an angle to see how the referees distinguished that the ball's over the over the line. Um, so I, I think that was quite poor. Um, 
And as you say, Alex Dyer seemed quite content that you know the ball had crossed the line. He didn't have a, a grumble about it. Um, but it, again, it does. It highlights how much we need goal line technology. Look, look at how how influential it was in the Scottish Cup final a couple of weeks ago with Hearts. Yep. You know, the, the ball looked as if it went over the line, but it, it took a few minutes and then the referee signalled that it was. Why is that goal line technology available in the Scottish Cup but not available uh, in the Premier League? Um, I, I think that's something that, you know, need to be, you know, looked at from a, a FA point of view. Um, could Danny Rogers have, have done better with with the goal, could his positioning have been any better uh, with his, his feet, for example, uh, Declan? Possibly. I think there's always a worry, Stefan, when a goalkeeper catches a ball like that and then takes a couple of steps back and inside his goal, you know, almost putting his cell his his net and keep the ball in the line. Um, but again, no, you know, defensively, come on it, maybe we're looking at it and seeing how that ball came into the box. I thought it was a decent flighted ball in. Um, positionally wise, I think it's always a worry when a goalkeeper takes steps back into his goal. No, no I can't disagree with that. Uh, Callum? Aye, I mean, what was it? I think it was Neil McCann that said on Sportsing last night, like, he doesn't look like he's actually stretching his arms the full way. I think he could. Even if he is catching like that, I feel like he could still do more. Um, but aye, it's very unfortunate at that stage of the game. Uh aye. <laughs> Yeah, because it's not like I once the ball's in his hands. Um, it's not as if you know somebody can just go and kick kick it out or head it out of his hands. You know, it would then be a foul. Um, Lewis, I think Rogers has been pretty good for coming out this season, but it'll be very disappointed with that one. I think keepers, I think keepers always will. He will probably say, still say that it wasn't in or over the line. But you're going up for a ball like that. I think you can afford to sort of. Sometimes you need it, sometimes there's nothing you can do, your momentum takes you that way, but it's just, it'll be such a frustration for Kilmarnock. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I was going to touch on St Mirren exceeding expectations. I think the consensus will be the fact that they're, they're in um, seventh place at the minute. Um, they've, they've definitely exceeded expectations under Jim Goodwin, so I'm not going to touch on that um, and you know, go into to detail about it. Um, I think that's an incredible achievement for a couple of St Mirren to to be in seventh um, and with a few good performances they could end up in the top six um, if we move move on quickly to a sort of another dull game um, it, it was a draw there wasn't much in it um, you know watching it I found myself to be to be quite bored it was Ross County versus St Johnston wasn't many talking points from it but what did you guys feel what, what did you guys think when you when you watched the action uh, Callum I mean it sort of panned out exactly how I thought I Ross County St Johnston game would go. Um, it's been a, I think it's a long time since St Johnston beat Ross County away. I may be talking to myself, but I, I think that is the case. Um, it wasn't a very interesting game to watch. Uh, I think a draw. I don't think many team either team will have many complaints about the draw. Uh, both of them sort of do need a win against each other in these sort of battles, uh, the relegation. Uh, but I think a draw was a fair result. Uh, Declan. I think the, the screw's starting to turn a wee bit under Big Yogi. You know, he's not really had a lot of time to go in there. First game against Celtic, he's got a good result at Easter Road under his belt. He's probably this wee week will do uh, John Hughes, the world of good, just to kind of get to know the players a wee bit better, get to understand them a lot. I think he's a really likeable personality in football. And uh, for his sake, I kind of want Ross Scott to stay in the league because I really like Yogi. Um, but 
again, it was just one of those games, you know, St. Johnson been in mixed form and looked okay this season, um, you know, but just one of those games. But I think Ross County, you'll maybe say a wee bit of a kind of rejuvenated Ross County second half of this season, if you will, under John Hughes. I think he'll, he'll certainly lift the spirits a wee bit in there. Uh, Lewis? I think looking here, the last time they won was 2017, by the way, at Ross County. But oh, uh, no, no, hit the nail on the head in terms of Yogi Hughes. I like him as a manager. And he'll be, I think he'll be happy with how they've started to get to get the points on the board so early on. Because sometimes with the way he plays football, it takes time to get that working and playing. So I know you're at home, you usually want to win, especially in those sort of games against the Johnsons, but I think you'll be pleased right now with the, getting the points on the board, especially so early on. Yeah, no, again, can't disagree with that. Um, I, again, I like uh, Yogi as a manager. I, I think he was great um, at his time at Inverness. He won them the Scottish Cup. Um, he'd been out of the game for a wee while, but good yep. to see that he's back in it um, with a club like Ross County, who I, I've got a lot of respect for because when you see them, they go to Celtic Park. They, they're not a club that, that sit in. They come out and play, but then as soon as you score against them, then they'll sit in. But their outset is to come out and play. Um, and, you know, that tactic eventually knocked Celtic out of the League Cup. So, um, no, definitely good things to see from Ross County over the next um, six months. Um, our final game of the afternoon was in Lanarkshire. It was a Lanarkshire derby. We started with the Old Firm. We'll, we'll end on another derby. It was Hamilton versus Motherwell. Um, Stephen Robinson had obviously, um, you know, left his post um, just after Christmas. Um, what did you guys think of think of the game and and how it, how it panned out? Was it was that a surprise or did you expect Hamilton to win it? Um, start off with you, uh, Callum. Aye, I mean it was a great result uh, for Hamilton. I really didn't expect it to go that far in their favour. Um, results like that is what will keep them in the Premiership for eternity, uh, as it seems to be right now. Um, so I I think. I do think they'll just. I think they'll be safe this season. I think results like that is what will grind them there. Um, but the keeper, man, uh, I don't, what can you say? I felt I was watching like a, a compilation of Craig Gordon's howlers in Europe for Celtic uh, during that game. Uh, and he's thirty years old, so you would expect better. But I great result for Hamilton. Uh, Declan. No, I was quite surprised to see uh, Stephen Robinson leave Motherwell. Um, but, you know, really change of circumstances for Hamilton. Surprising to think they've got an absolute doing 8-0 and they've just seemed to turn it around. I don't know what it is Brian Rice does there, but even a game against Celtic, you know, so many players out through COVID. They've not had a good season in terms of being affected by COVID, but they just seem to always get points on the board and that's a really good result for Aki's. And, um, you know, really positive, but Motherwell look in a really, really bad way. Um, I think maybe Tommy Wright's a guy being quoted for that job. That would make a lot of sense. I think he would do well there. But they're going to need to get something in, uh, somebody in very quickly because they don't look good at this point in time. Um, no, definitely. And Lewis? Going into the game, I, I, I was thinking I wouldn't be surprised if Hamilton were to come away. I mean, with the sort of situation Keith Lazar being charged, but to win 3-0, I was, I was a bit surprised at that. If I was as dominant as you probably get in terms of Scoreline with Robinson, I thought he'd, well, I thought he would have given himself more time to sort of try and turn it around. But fair play him for putting his hands up and saying, "Sort of, I'll step away and let somebody else." And probably Tommy Ray is the right man for that. Uh, the goalkeeping was pretty laughable, but if we're going to touch on that, 
was a exceptionally poor performance um, from Aaron Chapman uh, in goal. Um, you know, some of the goals that you, you've seen him concede were, uh, and I mean no disrespect to the Hamilton players for the, the way the goals went in, but they, they were laughable to say the least. Um, you know, I think one of them, it was a rather, I think it was the second goal, was a rather tame effort um, that just went by it. It was ridiculous. Um, Motherwell, really, I don't know what happened to Trevor Carson. I know he was out with, uh, uh, you know, a, a serious, uh, I think it was a, a life-threatening um, injury uh, to do with a blood clot. He, he then came back in in July. I don't know what's happened to Aaron Chapman. I think he picked, goal, but... I think he picked up an injury the game before. Oh, uh, well... I think Motherwell fans will be, you know, praying and hoping that he'll be back in the, the team pretty soon because that was a dismal performance. I, I don't know what you guys thought, um, Declan. Yeah, very poor. Um, as I said there, Motherwell just uh, everything about them just now. They just look like a team that lacks character, just lacks confidence, and just don't look to be anywhere near the levels they were uh, last season. I think it was Keith Lazar that took charge. At the weekend, um, the goalkeeper's just part of the problem just now with Motherwell. Um, I just don't know where they're going at this point in time until they get somebody new in the door. Yeah, I, th- I think you said Tommy Wright had been mentioned for the yep, job. Yep. Um, I, ju- I just read that. I think he would be a, a great um, appointment just quickly. Um, you know, he did well with St Johnston. Um, so if Motherwell were to, to pull him off and get him in instead of Robin, you know, for the resign of Robinson, that that'd be great um, just quickly to you Callum touch on it um, how poor a performance was it from Aaron Chapman I mean it just seemed to be getting worse and worse really um, he's, he's six foot eight uh, I don't know if he's uh, that just means a lot of it a lot of the goals were to do with he was trying to do it with his feet I don't know if he's just not got he just doesn't know how to how to save with him but I it was no disrespect to him I'm sure, I'm sure he's listening um, but I, I, had how do you even? It's just like he's 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 just be experienced. He's fairly, um. But I, yeah, horrible, horrible performance, man. Yeah, no, that again, I can't, I can't disagree. Um, I was going to touch on um what Motherwell need to do more of to avoid relegation, but it's a, it's a stupid question because the clear answer is they need to win. They need to get points on the board. Um. How I think the last time Motherwell were in serious danger was 2015, where they ended up in the relegation playoffs against Rangers. As we know, they went on to win them. Um, a club of Motherwell stature shouldn't be anywhere near the relegation uh, area. What's been the, the, the cause of that, do you think, Declan? Um, I remember submarine Sunday quite well. That was a, a good day. Um... I think selling, you know, what was probably the most effective player, David Turnbull, and that money, you know, not being maybe put back into the, the playing squad as effectively as well as it did. Um, I think for years now they've probably overachieved. Stephen Robinson taking them to two cup finals, um, finishing third in the league, thought it was exceptional. But the job that he did there was really, really good. Um, but again, as you said, you know, they're a big club in terms of Scottish football and they shouldn't be down in that area. But what's been known for them this season, I, I'm not too sure whether it's just been you know, fans in the stadium, just, you know, no consistency in their form. 
they didn't look good. Um, they were very poor. I, I thought there was just nothing. Never really showed for it. And some serious doings off Celtic and Rangers at Fir Park as well, which in previous seasons have played really well against the, the two Glasgow teams. But I think a, a guy like Tommy Wright would be a perfect appointment and would certainly keep them in the league. But until they get the the, the appointment right, and it was Barakoff that came in in 2015, they're not going anywhere. Mm. Uh, Lewis? Yeah, no, I, I would say they've got a good squad as well. You've got two players in that defence that got got onto the Euros, so it's clearly good quality in there. But I think when I do say that, we said that about Hearts last year, and I know there was a different situation, but they were down there for the majority of the season. So I don't think that can just get you out on merit by having a good squad. I think they've given Leslie four games. Obviously, the first hasn't started well, but I think in terms of that, you need to react quick in this sort of situation. You can't let that sort of dwindle and fall further away and especially with one of those games I think probably against Rangers and Aberdeen and it's just it's not a great situation for them that we'll be in and they'll be hoping to get out of it as soon as possible. Uh Callum Aye, I mean it's, for this season it just seems to be that they don't know how to beat the teams that are about them. So like every time they're coming up against some one of the bottom six or bottom five, it just looks like, like they've not won against them, they've not gotten a result. And that's compared to like Hamilton, who have just played all of the bottom six and came out with five wins, four wins and a draw, I think it was. Um, so the difference in games between those that are about you is what will send them down. Um, but I do think they will get out of it by the end of this season. Um, I think Tommy Wright would be a great a great appointment to make. And I do think he'd get them out of it. Yeah, no, I, I can't disagree with any of that. Um I think Motherwell, as as I've already said, they're they're too big a club to be relegated into the the championship of of Scottish football, um, and I do see them coming out of uh, of it, um, especially if they they bring in a manager of the caliber of, of Tommy Wright, and um, we'll just get to see how that unfolds. Um, and fortunately enough for the next well, until till May until the end of the season, we'll be here every single week. Um, so I'm sure we'll we'll catch up on that news. Um when and if and when it when it happens. Um guys, I just want to say a massive thank you for, for coming on. Um this is a, the first episode essentially of De Stefano Talks talking Scottish football. Um you know it was great great to get you all involved. Um with a great discussion about the, the weekend's action. Um and I look forward to, to many more uh episodes discussing our beautiful game in, in great 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 length. Um so without any any carrying on um the next episodes will be out again next monday uh at 4 p.m on spotify itunes and just as of the other day we're now on google podcasts so thanks so much for for joining us and we'll we'll see you again next week